This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking about the Red Flags Rule with Jeremy Miller of Kroll Fraud Solutions. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jeremy. Absolutely. Thank you, Howard. Pleasure to be here. The FTC's Identity Theft Red Flags Rule applies to organizations that serve as creditors. Late last year, President Obama signed legislation clarifying that, under the rule, the term creditor does not apply to entities that regularly permit deferred payments for goods or services, including professionals such as lawyers and physicians who bill clients after services are rendered. Creditors that must apply are those that obtain and use consumer reports in connection with a credit transaction and furnish information to consumer reporting agencies. So, does that mean that most physician group practices do not have to comply with the red flags rule? And what about hospitals? Each organization is responsible for determining whether they must comply with the rule. We at Kroll recommend that they consult with their legal counsel to really determine whether or not they're legally required to comply. But with that being said, the definition of who is required to comply was significantly narrowed by the Red Flag Rules Program Clarification Act of 2010. Specifically, uh, the act resulted in a more traditional interpretation of what a creditor is. Things like people who use consumer reports for financial transactions, those entities that report debts to a consumer reporting agency, um, and those who advance funds to an individual based on that person's ability to repay them. But overall, each organization must take a look at their internal processes for accepting payment collecting and collecting funds to really determine if they're required to comply with the rule. It really has to be done on a case-by-case and along with legal counsel. Okay, so are there key factors that a healthcare organization should consider when determining whether they must comply with the red flags rule? The, the first is do they buy consumer reports during the normal course of their business to make decisions on providing care? Do they, do they have to pull a report before they, the person can access service or, or get care? Um, or do they also report unpaid debts or if someone defaults or doesn't pay their bill, do they report that information to a consumer reporting agency? I think one important thing to note is that the spirit of the Red Flags legislation was really to stop identity theft at the point of entry within an organization. And if you're talking about to identity theft prevention, and from that perspective, the recent clarification that happened in December 2010 was actually a step backwards for identity theft prevention. Because identity theft is based off of something that typically appears on a consumer report. You know, that's really only a fraction of the type of identity theft that can occur. There's criminal identity theft, some some forms of medical identity theft, government benefit fraud and identity theft, and tax fraud are the types of identity theft that would rarely, if ever, be a part of a credit grantor or credit reporting process. Kroll, over the years, has worked with thousands of identity theft victims, and if there's there's one thing that we've we've learned and we understand is that if organizations across multiple industries and services do a better job of stopping identity theft at the point of purchase or at the point of transaction or or verification. Uh, the more effective we'll all be at stopping identity theft as a whole. But the specific steps that are outlined in the Red Flag Rule legislation are, are, are best practices, regardless of whether you're legally required to comply. Things like implementing ongoing training and conducting risk assessments, those are all meaningful things that any organization can do to put into practice. So healthcare organizations already must comply with the HIPAA privacy and security rules. Is there much overlap between those rules requirements and the Red Flags Rule? There's definitely some overlap. 
Well, I think it's important to note that HIPAA and, and the high-tech rules are really focused on privacy, while red flags rule is focused on identity theft prevention and detection programs and practices. Privacy doesn't really have much to do with knowing who your customer is or, or, or accessing an application for identifying potential discrepancies in identity. But some of the topics for training regarding HIPAA compliance and patient privacy do and would overlap into a red flag rule awareness and training program to, for prevention of identity theft. But successful red flags rule implementation, uh, regardless of its legal requirement or not, could provide consumers with safeguards by having the businesses themselves act as a checkpoint at the point of transaction to not only detect identity theft, but to remain vigilant about the accuracy of a customer's information. Red flag rules is intended to provide consumers with an actual preventative measure against identity theft because a business who implements its core requirements could potentially stop it at, like I said, at the point of transaction. Under the red flags rule, organizations that extend credit to their clients must develop and implement written identity theft prevention programs that help identify, detect, and respond to patterns, practices, or specific activities that are known as red flags that could indicate identity theft. So should all organizations of a certain size, say, develop identity theft prevention programs regardless whether they must technically comply with the rule? Yes, yes, and, and yes. Um, I think so re- regardless of the size of the organization as well. Identity theft occurs because fraudsters are able to convince businesses that um, they are who they say they are or they're, or they're someone else. Putting a red flags rule program into place will help identify acts before damage is really done to the victim. Education and awareness is key to helping fight against identity theft, and training programs can be a very cost-effective way to help reduce the chance that identity theft could occur on an organization's watch. There could be a cost-effective way to do it, and regardless of whether you have to comply with the rule, and, and, and as I previously mentioned, if there are some patient privacy training programs that are already in place, they can be amended just a bit to start to include identity theft detection and identity theft awareness as well. So what are some of the key steps healthcare organizations, especially smaller ones like a small clinic, can take to prevent identity theft that won't cost them too much? I think awareness, understanding how identity theft can occur. Regardless of the size of an organization, uh, they should try to educate themselves at all levels within their practice um, or within their their corporation to uh, understand how thieves can misuse the identity of another. It's important also to know your customer to implement an identity verification solution that are appropriate to your business. And, and healthcare is unique in that you can't turn people away for that, they're, that, are, that need emergency care. At times, there's not a lot of verification on who that person is, and, and there's, a, there's an emergency in, involved, and in, in kind of finding out who they are is, takes, takes a back seat, which as it should. But it, it, on the whole, being able to understand th- things like knowing how to spot a fake ID, if, if you're, if, if you're whoever's doing intake in an organization knows how to spot, spot a fake ID or being able to identify inconsistencies with a person's intake form. Um, and then probably something that's a little more advanced than that, performing address or identity verification tactics with a third-party data provider, so comparing what address is giving, given to you versus a, an address that, that may be in public record. But those things can help raise red flags for any type of identity theft that might be occurring. I think also from a corporate perspective, it's understanding organizational risk. So understanding what information that you're asking for from an individual and how that might be misused 
doing background checks on employees is important because they may also participate in our Identity Theft Act. So it's securing physical and electronic data, uh, practicing data minimization, so, so only ask for the information that you require to provide services. And then lastly, regularly train employees on, on data security and identity theft identification techniques. Well, thanks very much, Jeremy. We've been talking today with Jeremy Miller of Kroll Fraud Solutions. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.HealthCareInfoSecurity.com.